The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. From Richard Flint International. Deep inside you, there's a power. A power you can use to meet every challenge, every roadblock, conquer every obstacle life throws at you. A power to be happy, fulfilled, successful. A power to be everything you want to be. Now, meet the man who wrote the book on human behavior. never lies. The man who can teach you how to unleash your own power to be. Ladies and gentlemen, Richard Flint. This is Richard Flint, and I want to welcome you to this hour of The Power to Be. You know, this is a show all about you. Every week, what I try to do is bring you insights about life's real struggles. Because you, can, you never got to forget, you're human. Which means... You're going to live with challenges that will either allow you to continue in your life or face your life, learn the lesson, and move forward. You understand most people live in circles, right? And most people choose to stay in those circles because they're fearful of the other side or they're not real sure how to get out. And every week when we're together, I want to show you processes that will allow you to continue to take your life forward. Now, let me tell you something about me. I'm a business owner, and I have been for 30-plus years. (laughs) When I first went into business for myself, I thought it was going to be all fun and games. I mean, how hard could it be? You have an idea. You know what you want to do. So off you go. Boy, was it eye-opening. You know, I had no idea of what was all involved. I mean, I had no debt. And when I made the decision to go into business for myself, in the blink of an eye, I was $72,000 in debt. I got to tell you something. There were days when I thought, you must have been crazy to decide to do this. What were you thinking? You know what, Flint? It was much easier to let someone else be responsible for all this stuff. Then I'd pause, I'd take a deep breath, and I would remember, this is what you wanted to do with your life. And no one ever said it was going to be easy. But it was and it is your dream. So how do you go forward? Fast forward with me 30 plus years now, and I'll be honest with you. There's still times that I have those conversations with myself. But I come back to the fact I'm doing with my life what I was put on this earth to do. That one thought fuels my passion. 
And passion is critical if you're going to own a business. It's critical for any part of life. That thought strengthens my resilience and keeps me looking for the next adventure. I know there are several of you as listeners because I've gotten emails from you that are business owners. I know you have challenges to deal with. And with this in mind, I want to dedicate this show to all of you who have chosen to live your life as an entrepreneur. You own your business. And each day you get up, you go to your business, you put the key in, you open the door, and come face to face with a decision that you made to be a business owner. Now, with that said, it doesn't mean You live every day filled with the joy of being a business owner. There's still challenges. And you know what? There's still decisions you must make. There's still situations that happen that you didn't count on. So bottom line, you still need help. My guest today is no stranger to helping business owners strengthen their business design. My guest is Mr. Bob Greenwood, and he comes to us all the way from that country north of us that I think they call Canada. And he lives in British Columbia. Bob, welcome to this hour of The Power to Be. Thank you, Richard, and it's a pleasure to be here on the Great White North. Oh, the Great White North. (laughs) I know that... um, Our listeners don't know you like I know you, and I won't tell them everything I know about you. But uh, tell our listeners, who is Bob Greenwood, and what does he do? I'm a business management consultant to the independent sector of the auto care industry throughout North America. Um, I'm a personal business coach for our clientele, and we prepare monthly detailed analytical reports on their business focused on improving profitability of the business. I develop and deliver business management courses to the independent shop owners in the automotive and the heavy duty sector of the independent of the industry through HGA Truck Pride in the heavy duty arena. I'm on the Auto Care Association Education Committee in the USA and I'm an active member of the Automotive Industry Association in Canada. Our offices are located in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Ottawa, Ontario, and I'm in Langley, B.C. And I've been in this industry, I'm now entering my 40th year, Richard. 40 years. Wow, you started when you were three. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> what were you doing prior to this, Bob? Um, I was kind of a young child in my early 20s, uh, lost, looking around what to do. And uh, my brother introduced me to this industry and uh, watched his passion me not knowing anything about it, he said, I'm going to teach you. And uh, I have a tremendous passion for what we do, just tremendous. Is that why you do it? I love it. Um, I'm working with some of the greatest people I've ever met in my life, uh, helping them develop their business, which in turn changes their personal life. And uh, you can't put a price on that, Richard. You have a, it's an honor to be able to work with them. It really is. I enjoy it. It's a people business. Yeah. 40 years. 
You've been doing yes, this. Sir. Yes, sir. Do you still find yourself sometimes as a business owner being challenged personally? Very, very much so. Uh, mainly because I'm in an industry and small business is changing so rapidly that you have to keep up with the changes. You have to keep ahead of the wave. You can't wait till the wave is here. You have to be ahead of it. And uh, that is very demanding. Uh, in our business, in our industry, in our sector, we have seen a lot of changes in the past five years. Well, the next three years, we're going to see more changes than we've seen in the past five years. So you're either in it, on it, and about it, or you get out. <laughs> Being a business owner, do you ever get tired? Yes, I do. And that's when I have to tell myself it's time to take a break. And that's why we even coach our own clients to do their best to get six weeks of holidays a year, uh, broken up over the year, of course, uh, because you've got to get out. You've got to clear your head. You've got to go away and wind down because you will get burned out as a business owner very easily today. Do you think most business owners understand that, Bob? No, sir. And it's a shame. Um, you know, they, they get so tied into their business, they can't see the forest for the trees sometimes. And the way their business is set up, in most cases, they're tremendously understaffed. And consequently, they are married to their business. It affects them personally. It affects their business. It affects their personal life. It affects their health. And uh, they've got to learn that discipline. Well, and it doesn't seem like that there are a lot of people out there that are teaching uh the discipline of being a business owner. It, it, it sounds like, and what I see is that most people, when they come in as a consultant or they come in, they, they deal with the person strictly on their bottom line. And they don't really help them to understand that the bottom line can also be reflective of who you are and what you're going through. Very true. Very true indeed. And we, even though we are focused on bottom line, we are also focused on developing the entrepreneur to be the best entrepreneur they can be, not only to their business, but also to their family. Mm -hmm. And uh, the personal life is very important uh, to our culture of how we go about business. Do you, do you sense that most, I mean, uh, what I found over the years is a lot of people tell me, you know, I want to own my own business. I want to be my own boss. Um, and I, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. Do you sense that many of these people do not understand what it is to be an entrepreneur? Very much so. And it's a shame that uh, the topic of entrepreneurship is not really taught in schools uh, to the degree it should be, because being an entrepreneur, um, you've got to really have a tremendous passion for what you do, but also you have to have the education behind you to understand that being an employer, being an entrepreneur, is different than being an employee. And we are raised to be employees. We are not raised to be entrepreneurs. So, yes, we have to go through that discussion. And, and do you find that when you have that discussion with these business owners that sometimes you're talking to the deers in the headlights? Uh, yes, and that is why when we have these kind of discussions, if the person has a wife or spouse, uh, we want to have them involved with the discussion. Um, I don't believe in just having a discussion with one party and hoping they relay it to the, their other, uh, other party. We want them together because it's interesting. I have found um, women. I love dealing with women entrepreneurs. I love dealing with women in business. 
because the fact is, over my career, I've found that women get things done, men make excuses. So bringing them in together, and if I'm dealing with the male aspect, his wife or spouse will get him kicked and get going. Let's get it done. Yeah, so. it's one of the things I see when I do when I work with in my mentoring program when I work with people, and if they're married, um, it's mandatory if I'm going to work with you that uh, the spouse be involved, because yep. what I've found and I I love what you just said because if I come in and help one of the two and the other two aren't a part of it, and the one that I'm working with really takes off and grows then the other one becomes really a wall of resistance. Very much so. And I've always said to clients, when you're happy at home in that relationship, your business can perform well. When you have a bad relationship at home, it reflects on your business dramatically. And how important is it that, you know, let's say the couple work together in the business. How important is it that each understands the role that they play in that business? Very important, because that is where the business has to be broken down. What are the divisions or roles within the business itself? Who is responsible for what? And how is accountability put into place? So when the both parties of the same family are involved in the business, they must have a mutual respect that you are in charge of that division or that role, and I'm in charge of this, and we're both accountable to each other. I think you and I have both been in situations, though, where uh, a husband and wife will work together in a business, and um, the roles are e- uh, either not clearly defined or one keeps stepping over the line. That's correct, and uh, we have a number of clients that are husband-wife teams in the business, and this is the very first thing we address when we're discussing their business. And uh, over the years, it's amazing how much respect has grown with the understanding that, that, well, that's her role or that's my role, and uh, let's talk about it, rather than point a finger or cross over and try and do it for them. No, they, they have to let each other work their own individual situation. Because if they don't, then the business never stays in the business room. It will transcend itself into the family room. Exactly. And, and in the and, family room, it has a different set of emotions. That's a very big no-no. We, uh, we put clients, if they're going to have a situation, they have a weekly meeting at their business, and they determine what hour it's going to be during that day or day of the week. They do not discuss it at home. It's a business meeting at the business. Man, that is, that is so, so important, uh, because once it gets inside the house, it will permeate every room in the house where they are. That's right, and the stress will go up. Yeah, and when there's stress in the family room, it's going to come back to the business room. Very much so. Very much so. You know, you and I have spent a lot of time uh, together talking over the years, and we have spent a lot of time talking about being a business owner because I think everybody thinks when they first get into business that being a business owner is fun and games. I mean, I'm tired of working for somebody else. Uh, I know more than they do. Uh, I can build this business because I've been someone who has worked at the business. And and yet, um, once they get in, they find a different set of challenges, don't they? Yes, they normally get overwhelmed, not realizing the depth of owning a business as to what's engaged. 
accountants, lawyers, insurance, banks, getting everybody on side, finding staff. How do I do all this stuff? Wow, I didn't know it was that in depth. Looking after bookkeeping, looking after paperwork. Yes, they're overwhelmed. And that just tells me that they didn't do proper investigation or due diligence before they went into business and seeking out the advice and getting it straight before they did and coming up with a proper plan. Okay, well, you know, and that that having that proper plan is really, really, really critical. And um, I, I find that most business owners really don't have a business plan. They have an idea but they don't have a business plan, correct? They don't, they don't know how to put together a business plan. And a business plan not, is not only about numbers. It's all about where the business is going to go and how it's going to get there. Yeah. That has to be part of a business plan. Oh, and I think that's an aspect, uh, Bob, that a lot of people don't teach. They don't talk about. They just talk about having a budget. They just talk about having a business, a business plan. Correct. So I want to hang on to this thought and come back to it because we're going to go to a short break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion with Bob Greenwood from up in Canada and talking about being a business owner and let Bob share some business tips with you. Stay right there. We're going to be right back. Hello, my name is Gary Gunn, and I've been uh, listening to Richard every morning probably for about six months now. And he's my partner, and he puts the soul back into my life every day. And if you're not taking the morning minute, you sure need to do it. It starts my day every day. I look forward to it, and I recommend it highly for anybody that doesn't have it. You should have it. Sometimes I just kind of think about what it says, and then I realize it really does have something to do with my life every morning of every day. We love the morning minute. It's just a blessing to our lives to be able to give us a great thought to hang on to all day long. Just the morning minute for us, it just kind of sets the day for us. That's where we really like it. The Richard Flint Morning Minute in your email inbox every single morning. You can try it for 21 days absolutely free. The Richard Flint Morning Minute could make your day. Call toll-free 1-800-368-8255 or go to www.richardflint.com and get the Morning Minute. Star Maker Magic Moment. Dorothy? I just wanted to say I sat with Wanda one of the days here for about 45 minutes. She sat with me, and the peace that comes from her is amazing. It just came out of her naturally and normally, and she said, I wasn't like this when I started. You'll get there. <laughs> Did you tell yourself, I want to be like that? Absolutely. Went back to the room, and Lou said, Well, what did Wanda say? I said, I can't tell you. <laughs> So, you want to be like Wanda? Yes, I do. Isn't that presence? July 17th through the 19th at the incredible PGA National Resort and Spa in beautiful Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Remember, there's a limited number of registrations, so do it now. Sign up at www.richardflint.com or call 1-800-368-8255 and ask for Denise. Come join the fam. Star Maker 2015. Welcome back. Richard Flint here on the Power to Be Hour. And with my guest, Bob Greenwood from up in British Columbia in Canada. 
And Bob, again, I am so excited to have you here and, and, and to be a part of this discussion on business tips. Because one of the things I found, and I've been guilty of this too, as a business owner, I can get so busy being busy being busy that I forget to take care of my business. It happens all the time. And uh, one, of the, one of the comments we have in business is that uh, we teach our clients is, I don't want to be busy. I just want to be steady. When I'm steady, I'm in control. When I'm busy, I'm out of control. That is a very, very interesting concept. So from the years of experience that you have, and as you look with the business clients that you work with, and I know there's some people who might think, well, he comes from this independent side of automotive, and I, I, that's not my business. Uh, but yet, one of the things in, that I find, no matter what business I'm working in, the challenges seem to always be the same. <laughs> the tips I want to share with them today, Richard, is uh, apply to any business. Good. Just not automotive by any means. Good. So, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. When you look around at the businesses you've worked with, what would you say is the number one issue business owners face today that's, that seem to, Bob, hold them back from moving their business uh, forward? Very common denominator, and it's the biggest enemy they face. And what they're facing is their own self-discipline to execute. That is their biggest enemy. Is it because they don't know what to do? It's because they get bombarded with so many things every day, whether it be emails, whether it be customers, whether it be issues internally. Everything's coming at them because they're overwhelmed. And so they get sidetracked and they mentally can't pull themselves back to get on track to what they were supposed to be doing. Keep in mind, a lot of businesses are understaffed. Therefore, the owner is doing too much. And when you do too much, you can't do a whole lot really well. You just kind of piecemeal things and get by, and they say they're putting out fires. Bob, does, Bob does that say that there's a difference between owning a business and being a business owner? Correct. Correct. And the biggest difference is, is that a business owner who is a true entrepreneur understands how to work on the business, whereas a business owner works in the business. I've got a guy I'm working with right now that uh, is dealing with a lot of what you've just talked about, and uh, he spends more time being hands-on in his business than he does being the owner of the business, guiding his business to go forward. And then he wonders why his business is struggling. Right. Yep. See it all the time. So why is this such an issue? Well, it has to be with uh, understanding the business itself, whatever you're in, and understanding yourself. If I'm going to own a business and run it to be a profitable, successful enterprise, I've got to have a very disciplined personality. And if you don't have that discipline, understanding that you have got to have daily routines in your business that you execute. And if you don't do it, a year from now, you're still in the same place. All right, let me play devil's advocate with you. I'm sitting here and I'm listening to the, um, to the show, and I'm thinking, you know what? 
this guy doesn't understand my business because I show up every day and I open that door. I've got fires to fight. I've got things that are overwhelming. I've got situations that I've got to look at. And for me to be a disciplined person where, you know, I can do the things I know I need to be doing as a, a business owner, you know what? This guy doesn't understand a day of my life. Doesn't understand a day in his life. That particular individual doesn't have the discipline to set up a structure within the business to deal with things. Why? Because they're understaffed. They're trying to do it all themselves. Do you ever well, find that some of these people also, uh, you know, and I agree, understaffed, uh, it, today it's one of the biggest issues. That I'm, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But do you find that sometimes when they come in as a and call themselves a business owner, but they're not. They're simply the owner owner of a business that they come in and without realizing sometimes their own ego gets in the way. It is all ego, and it's also insecurity, their own self-confidence. Um, and that's why the ego gets bigger, because to me it's a defense mechanism. And they, they, don't, they, they have all the answers. They don't want to learn. They don't want to listen for anybody because of who they are. Hey, one of the things we talk about, we've talked about a lot is, you know, you're dealing with these uh, with a business owner uh, who's actually just the owner of a business. He pays the bills, but he doesn't own the business as far as the spirit of the business is. But uh, you, you, you come to them and uh, they'll look at you and you'll talk to them. They go, you know what, Bob, you know, you're exactly what I need, but uh, I don't think I I don't think this is the right time. Never is the right time for anything. And I've had people say that to me. I've had people go through my management classes say, I wish I was here 20 years ago. I said, you weren't. Why? <laughs> and what's so, the most common response to that? A big sigh. And I'm looking them in the eye. And they know they made a mistake. Because they looked at everything as a cost. They figured, I can't afford it. I can't get away from my business. I won't understand it. I've heard it all. And yet, once they do go through it and understand it, they're, they're, they're overwhelmed and saying, look what I've done with my life. Look what I've left on the table. I've got to get my act together. The, it's their own self-confidence, Richard. It's amazing how many so-called entrepreneurs don't have the self-confidence to execute. Well, does and, that say sometimes, Bob, that their, de their decision to own their own business was a reaction to the frustration of where they were rather than a plan? Yes, yes, yes. They figured that I don't need to do this anymore. I can do it better. I'm going to open up my own business. I'm going to do it myself, and I can do it cheaper. Because that boss is making a lot of money off of my back. Really? Don't understand the business. <laughs> Scary. Well, it, and, and it is. And, you know, so many times when I, I talk to business owners or I'm, I'm looking at their business, you know, they'll ask me, you know, what, what skills do I need? And I'll tell them, you know, from my perspective, that there are five skills that a great business owner will develop. Uh, and they come in an order, listening and then effective communication, not fearful of confrontation, uh, decision maker and willing to delegate. And once I lay those out, I look at them, I tell them, now do you realize how disciplined you're going to have to be to do this? 
and I get this answer. It's not an issue. But yet, go back to what you're talking about. Without the foundation of discipline, everything turns into confusion. Into a big mush. (laughs) (laughs) I love the word. (laughs) Is that a Canadian term? It might be. (laughs) You you brought it up a second ago, and let's go there. Because I deal with it on a daily basis with business owners that I deal with. Because I hear a couple of things. You know what? There's not a lot of quality people out there. And I hear that often. Or, you know, I must be doing something wrong because I can't seem to find the right people. Or I hear, you know what? I hired this person, and I've heard this more lately than I've ever heard it. I hired them, and then the day they were going to start, they didn't even show up. What's the issue with staffing? There's a number of issues with staffing, Richard. And I found over my career, it's the approach of how to go about staffing. You and I have talked about it before, where, number one, we've got to hire up versus hire down. Uh, Too many owners just hire a body. That's one problem. Number two, we have an issue about how to hiring processes. Do we investigate properly? Or are we just sitting there looking and having a resume and trying to guess whether the person is the right person or not. There's ways of doing it today, going through profiles and having online applications to make sure you're getting the right person for the right fit into your business. Staff is an interesting topic because I've heard it over and over. There's such a shortage of good people, and I just challenge my clients, and why are they not applying to your business? Because they're out there. Good people are working. Why are they not applying at your business? Because your business, wow, look at that. I'd love to work at that place. There's an issue right there. And many owners are trying to blame the employees or the issues of hiring or staffing versus looking internally at themselves. Why are they not applying at our business? What is their image out there? And that's where they end up with high staff turnover. Well, because it seems like sometimes, you know, and go back to one of the things you're talking about, when you hire a body, everybody you bring into your business is effectively a part of your reputation. Bingo. And if you're not really paying attention to who you're hiring, and you know, you and I both know because we've talked about it, worst time to hire anybody is when you need somebody. Correct. But when you got a full house sometimes, the, the owner of a business, not a business owner because they won't do that, but the owner of a business waits until they got to find somebody and I got to have somebody. So hiring then becomes a reaction, correct? Correct. And we teach our clients to hire 365 days a year. You never know. You never know when you find that right person and you're going to bring them in. And then we have the problem of staff turnover and retaining people. And that problem occurs because the owner has failed to explain the vision for the business and where each staff member fits into that business and putting the vision together that the staff member wants to be part of. Man, you're you're just preaching down my alley because... Earlier this year, I did a show on ownership versus leadership, and that what happens sometimes is that there's a term out there that I believe we have not brought into full light, and that is the the owner must be the guide of the business, and they must guide the business forward, but to guide the business, I got to have the right people to work through, correct? Correct, and I don't want any staff member 
to buy into my client's business. I want the staff member to believe in the client's business. They want to be part of it. It's not just a job. It becomes a career to them. And that applies to any kind of business out there. And the owners, business owners, the entrepreneurs are failing to do and bring people into their inner circle and really discuss what this business is all about, where we're going, and the important role that you play and what contribution you can make. And yes, I'm open to any suggestions that you may have. This, Richard, to me, is the culture of the business has not been established or understood by the staff. And that's why they're not getting people to apply. I saw a truck the other day, uh, and they had this uh, semi, had this... uh, you know, slogan on the back of it, you know, looking for qualified people who want to retire with us. <laughs> Great one. And I love that. I just absolutely <laughs> love that. Great one. So do you see staffing as a major issue today? Staffing is a major issue because most businesses of any industry are understaffed. I see it in the corporate world. I see it in the association world. I see it in bigger businesses, small businesses, they don't have enough staff. And yet, people say there's so many jobs out there, and people are saying, where do I find a job? (laughs) I don't know. There seems to be a contradiction there. And there's a difference between hiring a body and hiring a, a partner, a quality person, correct? Correct. You can't just hire a body because that body reflects your business. You, I've all, you know... Owners that look at staff as a cost to their business, that is a discussion we have to go through. Because competent people make a company money. Incompetent people are a tax write-off. There's your cost. Well, doesn't part of this, Bob, go back to the passion of the owner and how he's looking at this business? You know, whether uh, I own a business or I'm a business owner and the decisions they make are really reflective on their commitment to what they're doing? Well, you're right. And I'm also asking and adding to that how many business owners really explain the passion they have for the business that they own to their staff. It's an interesting topic to sit back and watch an owner explain why he or she loves their business. And I, I think that's, that's one of the greatest selling points that there is. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't do it. Wow. How do, you, how do you develop a culture of people who want to be part of something when they don't understand it? <laughs> that's a great, great question. Because I can't tell you what I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. Well, we're going to uh, go to a break in just a, uh, a second. But when we come back, I want to take what we're talking about here because what we're talking about is the evolution of a business. And one of the words that plays into that evolution of a business is our willingness to see change as a positive, not a negative. But yet one of the things I found over the years is that when I start talking to an owner about what they need to do to improve, I can almost feel a wall of resistance go up. So let's talk about this concept of change. And we're going to do that when we come back from a break with my guest, Bob Greenwood. So you stay right there, and we will be right back. 
think about it. You can't argue with it, can't dispute it, can't ignore it. You know it's absolute truth, and it applies to every person living on the planet. And to make it official, now there's a book about it. Behavior Never Lies. Written by the grassroots expert on human behavior himself. His name is Richard Flint. In this book, Richard gives you his insight into why this number one Flint philosophy is so important for all of us to understand. It's the book that won't let you off the hook. Because what Richard's saying is that if your words don't match your behavior, sorry, you're out of the game. Behavior never lies. Listen, if you're brave enough, get the book and read it. Go to richardflint.com or we really recommend you give Denise a call at 1-800-368-8255. Oh, and just for your information, if you really don't like to read that much, ask Denise about the audio excerpt version on Flash Drive. Behavior never lies. Isn't it about time you invited Richard Flint into your life? Want to know a secret? The Richard Flint Morning Minute in your email inbox every morning is the perfect way to start your day. And listen to this. You can try it for 21 days absolutely free. The Richard Flint Morning Minute (laughs) could make your day. Call toll-free 1-800-368-8255 or go to www.richardflint.com and get the Morning Minute. Hey, want to know another secret? It just takes a minute to get Richard Flint's Morning Minute. Go to www.richardflint.com, then to the Resources drop-down menu at the top, and click on Get the Morning Minute. Oh, and by the way, you can enjoy the first 21 days of Richard's Morning Minute absolutely free. But uh, don't tell anybody I told you so. We're talking with Bob Greenwood, and we're talking about uh, business tips, uh, how to become a more effective business owner. Not the owner of a business, but a business owner, and there is a difference. And right before we went to break, we, were, we put the word on the table that is so critical, and that word is about making the necessary changes. Uh, and you talk about that there's five building blocks. What are they? Building blocks are, this is how you make change in your business, the way I see it. Each block is a, is a large discussion on its own merit. We don't have time for that today, but at least I want to give you what building blocks they are. The first one is a vision. You must have a proper vision for your business and be able to explain that vision clearly as to why somebody would want to be part of it. Clearly define your vision for the next three to five years. The second building block is bringing in the competencies or the ability through your people to build that vision. So we have to have competency or the ability to do that. The third building block is motivated staff, motivated people who believe in it and want to be part of it. The fourth building block, I as the owner must give them the resources to be able to complete that vision. And the fifth building block is an action plan or measurement tool. Are we moving towards our vision? How do we measure it? Because we believe if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And those building blocks have to be in place. When all five are in place, you've got change. If you're missing the vision, but you've got the other four building blocks, you've got confusion with your staff. 
If you've got vision, but you don't have the competencies, but you have the other three remaining blocks, you have anxiety in your business. If you don't have a motivated team, you have gradual change in your business. Or if you don't give them the resources, you have a frustrated staff. And if you don't have a measuring plan, you have a false start. But those building blocks are critical to building any kind of business. That's and cri- each, each discussion has to be thorough on its own merit. Yeah, that's critical information. That is critical information, Bob. Um, let me ask you another thing. One of the things that you say is that uh, ownership is a position. Now, what does that mean? I believe in that comment strongly. Um, owners have a responsibility. And if they look at, even though they own the business, but it's a position in the business, then they're in the business and take responsibility to be accountable to their staff and the staff's families for the success of the business. Owners don't spend enough time per day working on the business. They work in the business. And we counsel that no matter what business you're in, you should be structuring your day to spend at least two hours a day, quiet time, uninterrupted, working on the business, looking at those five building blocks. Where do we have to increase? Where do we have to decrease? What do we have to do? It is a position of responsibility because you have asked the staff and their families to join you. And if you as an owner in that business fail that business, you're affecting their lives. You are affecting their lives negatively, stressfully, and quite frankly, shame on you. So it is a position of a large responsibility today. And with a position goes accountability, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Accountable back to the staff. Accountable back to the business itself. Many owners are afraid to make themselves accountable. There's their ego again coming through. And, and do you find that this is sometimes a challenging message to get it across? Is it is a challenging message. Uh, we get a, into some tremendous conversations about it. But when, when you step back and look and saying, I have a pos- various positions in my company. I have an accountant, a bookkeeper. I have a salesperson. I have whatever. But the owner is also a position. And everyone has their own responsibilities to execute. <laughs> okay, that brings up an interesting word, uh, because I am a person who believes, and I know you are, in job descriptions. So yes. if being the owner is a position, then is there a job description for the boss? Very much so. Five key things for the description of the boss. Number one, it's the boss's responsibility to set the goals and objectives for the business. Number two, they must plan that business to achieve those goals and objectives. Number three, they must hire remarkable people to execute that plan. Number four, they must bring out the best in their people all the time by being a good coach, by seeing what's right with the people, not just criticizing them. Bring them out all their talents. Be a good coach. And number five, it is the boss's responsibility to ensure the success of the business. So Those I, is a job description that must be completed. So if I don't understand that job description, is it possible then that rather than being the leader of the business, the guide of the business, I become a participant in the confusion that runs the internalness of the business? Yes. 
I look at it whether, you, you know, as you know, Canadians are great hockey fans. To me, the boss is the captain of the team. He's building a team. He's got to take that responsibility seriously and understand his team. You're the captain. Okay, I want to put one final question in front of you. And I was, I was saving this to the end, uh, and I want to make sure that we have time to deal with it. Um, what would you say in, in today's world? What are the key attributes that are required today to build a successful business? Because business today is not what it was even just five years ago. I love looking at the attributes in business today. And yes, I, I believe there's seven of them. The first one is leadership. Believing in the people on your team. Under leadership, you meet all the challenges with a can-do attitude. Under leadership, talent attracts talent. Under leadership, a leader is someone who has the ability to create and fetch his enthusiasm, I call it, within the company, within the business. The second attribute, build strong client relations. The client, the customer, always comes first. Everyone says it, but you have to believe it. Build long-term, lasting relationships with your clients. It's called repeat business because they trust you. The third attribute, your workforce. All employees are in a sales presentation in some way, representing the business. Employees are the ambassadors for the company. Consequently, if it's a business that has a great public view, how they conduct themselves in public is very important as well because it reflects on the business. They won't understand that culture. The fourth attribute, skilled and trained staff. On-the-job training is very important, but improving the knowledge of the, of the staff, taking courses, investing in them, allows employees to do their jobs better. This builds morale, in my opinion. Strong relationships with your employees build trust and respect of the owner and recognize that the individual accomplishments of your people as part of the team. The fifth attribute, innovation. To be successful, you have to be flexible and willing to change. Ask for ideas. Seek out ideas. Let the younger generation come up with new innovation ideas. People are innovative by nature, but they're also quick to make and adapt decisions. Innovation is key today. Sixth attribute, building strong partnerships. Forging strong partnerships with other companies in the same industry that can be of mutual benefit. Sharing information and best practices with each other and learning from their experiences of how they moved forward. The seventh and final attribute is developing business solutions. Often the business solution comes from your own people internally. That requires strong leadership, good people skills, and here's the big one, a willingness to involve your employees in the inner circle of your business. What a culture when those attributes are put together. And Bob, is it, is it not by random numbering that leadership is number one? Isn't that interesting how it is always number one? Because <laughs> <laughs> leadership leads all the rest of the attributes. And how would you define leadership? It is really setting the example of letting your passion go and letting people examine who you are and sharing that. 
leadership is also believing in your people to let them do their job. No micromanagement. You trust them. That's why you hired them and you trained them. So if you don't trust your own people, what have you done wrong? Yeah, you hired, and, you hired wrong. Yeah, why would you have someone on your staff you didn't trust? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When people, when I have business owners that tell me, uh, you know what, I really don't think I trust that person. Uh, and I ask them, well, why are they still here? Yeah. <laughs> and that's why you're always looking 365 days for, for people. And good leadership will seek out good people all the time. And the staff knows that, hey, we're a business that's constantly changing. You've got to be on top of your game. You want to be the very best that you can be at all times. Don't settle for that. Less of a person, be the very best that you can be. Because if we have measurements of one to five and I have a, a two-star person on staff and I find a four-star person, that two-star person's going to be gone. Ah, you don't hang on to them just because they've been there with you for a while? Oh, no, no, no. You can't do that in today's business. But that's where that's emotion coming back into it. Well, he's been with us for 20 years, you know. You know, he's not as good as he used to be. So what am I going to do? I said, well, obviously that individual either can find a different position within the business that they can still execute properly, or they're going to have to be let go because it's holding the entire team back. And I'm a very big believer, Richard, that good people leave a business because bad people stay. Oh, you you know, that's, that's something that I talk to owners about all the time. It's like the guy brought me in and wanted me to find his issue, and I found his issue in his company. And when I brought it to him, uh, he knew exactly who it was. And this guy had been with him 15 years. And I asked him, well, why is he still here? Well, he's been with me 15 years. Well, how long are you going to keep him? Well, he told me the other day he's going to retire in five years. And I asked him, you're going to keep him five more years and torture yourself and punish your people because he's been with you 15 years? Wow. Huh. <laughs> well, it's a tough conversation to have, but it has to be had. Yeah. And you also talk about uh, the customer and uh I have a belief, and I'll bounce it off of you, uh, that because when I listen to the rest of your attributes, uh, that you really have two types of customers. You have the external customer and the internal customer. And for leadership, that internal customer is paramount. And internal customers also have customers. And what I mean by that is each staff member is a customer to the other staff member. Now, just think about that for a second, is that everybody within the business has a responsibility. Therefore, I have a responsibility to the other staff members internally to execute properly. And what we call taking a customer and turning them into a client. A client is somebody who trusts you, somebody who's going to listen to you, and somebody who is going to say, you're the expert at it, make it so. A customer internally or externally, doesn't trust, is questioning, doesn't believe. One more question for you. Do you think that a lot of business owners understand the power to repeat and referral business? We got, we the, got about 50 seconds here. for It's you. the best way to grow a business is through referrals, obviously. And they, I don't think they do it enough. They've never even asked their own clients for referrals, and they should. I need more people like you because I learned long ago, customers hang around with customers and clients hang around with clients because yeah. we're all the same. And if I get a referral and don't treat it with respect, 
can it cost me the business of the person who referred them to me? Cost you more than that because that person's going to talk about how bad that business is. Wow. All right, uh, we're, we're going to come to the close of the show, but and I got a couple more things to do. But I want to ask you this: If you could just give one piece of advice, sum everything up in one piece of advice, what would you say? Oh wow, that's hard. Um, discipline, revisit it, understand it. Okay. Now, if our listeners want to pose some questions to you or you've piqued their interest, uh, can they email you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Greenwood at aaec.ca. One more time. Greenwood at aaec, apple, apple, edward, charlie.ca. Can you see why this guy is in the world of business where he is? Because of his mind and what he brings. And, um, Bob, I cannot begin to thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me today. And I hope our listeners, if you've posed questions in their mind, I hope they'll reach out to you because one of the things we try to do on the, the Power to Be is to bring you people who can challenge you and make you think because most people don't think they think they think. I would love to hear from some of your listeners, Richard. Love that. And I thank you for allowing me to be part of this. Okay. Now, next Thursday, we're going to be back here, right here on uh, Voice America, the Empowerment Channel. And we're going to be talking about a word that is so misunderstood. The word is stress. And we're going to talk about what stress is and what it does to your life. We've all got stress, but we always don't know what to do with it. And if you have questions for me or comments, send them to me at solutions at richardflint.com. Solutions at richardflint.com. And my always my question to you, have you been to my website? Have you been to richardflint.com? And just check out what we're doing. Check out the morning minute where you and I could spend 365 days together, one minute a day for an entire year. Check out my Star Maker conferences where you get to come and we're live together with each other. And then uh, check out some of the, the CDs and the programs that we've put together because they're all there to help you. So until next Thursday, I'm going to remind you, you are exactly in your life where you want to be. And if that's not where you want to be, whose responsibility is it to improve it? Richard Flint here. And I'll see you next Thursday for another hour of The Power to Be. Any questions? Call our people at Richard Flint Productions, 1-800-368-8255, 1-800-368-8255, or visit us at www.richardflint.com. And thanks for listening. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.